Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. From the production studios of Epic Financial Strategies here in Red Bank, New Jersey, we are Infinity X, giving a stage and microphone to human excellence in the never-ending pursuit of creating infinite sales opportunities by giving a stage and a microphone to people like Kim Barrett. Kim, how are you doing tonight, man? What's going on? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, folks. This will be live streamed as well as replay on We Are Infinity X and WeAreInfinityX.com. We Are Infinity X YouTube, Spotify, and all the other social media verticals. And by the way, folks, thank you for joining us this evening because Kim is going to walk you through a journey, not only of how he became a massive entrepreneur, but how he's helping businesses to grow online. We're going to go through that story, get really, really deep into that. But Kim, it's a, it's a real pleasure. I love that photo that you got in the background there, brother. That is awesome. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it. My uh, my my sister and brother-in-law got it for me for uh, Christmas a couple of years ago, so it's uh, it's got to sit pride in place. Absolutely, that's killer. That's killer. And oh, by the way, over your right shoulder looks tasty as well. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a little bit early in the morning for me at the moment to get into this. It's only uh, just hit seven a.m., but uh, look later on in the day. We'll Kim, break it it's, out. Five, <laughs> it, it's five o'clock somewhere, my friend. It is five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so, folks, again, this is Kim Barrett. Uh, Kim is an entrepreneur. He helps businesses to grow massively online. In addition to other social media verticals, you can find him on Instagram, 50,000 plus followers. Um, and we're going to get into his presence and <clears throat> why you would want to consider um, having conversation with somebody who can really, really elevate. But um, Kim, what I always like to do with our listeners is I always like to give them background on who the individual is, right? Where you came from. Um, so if you could just share with us a little bit about your background and what led you up into um, what you're up to in the world today. Sure. So um, I was, as I think many people were back in the day, were encouraged to go to school, get good grades, go to university, go and get an amazing job. Um, but they obviously don't tell you that, you know, 50,000 other people are graduating at the same time as you every single year, all with similar degrees, all with experience and uh, bright eyed and uh, bushy tailed. So um, as I was going through school and I was studying like marketing and business and entrepreneurship, um, I thought that I was kind of destined to go towards like being like a management consultant for one of the you know big companies and I'll travel around the world being a businessman with a briefcase uh, and all this fun stuff was going to happen. But um, when I was younger, I started playing around uh, online. That's really got what, what got me interested in the online marketing, digital marketing space. Um, so I used to be, again, back in the day uh, on forums. So we didn't have Facebook. It wasn't really any kind of key areas for you to go and hang out. So I went on to forums and I used to breed aquarium fish. So I was on a big aquarium fish forum and I was like typing away, chatting to people. And they, um, as because I was helping people, they like, accelerated me up to like a moderator and then a super moderator. And then I was helping all the admins to, to grow the site. And they, the, the thing that really got me interested in online marketing and, and understanding how you could have an online business was they said, we need to get $40,000 to continue to be able to operate because back then servers are expensive. Um, hosting is expensive. Bandwidth is expensive. So we need about $40,000 across a year, whether it be from cash or, or donations that we can auction off. 
um, so that we can continue to run the forum. And I said, okay, and I'm 15 at this time. I was like, why would someone give us money? Like, I was like, I have no idea. Like, why would they give us money? And they said, well, we got all this traffic. We have all these people that come here. They all black fish, um, aquarium fish, and they, they breed them and whatnot. So, you know, people that sell products would most likely want to get in front of this audience. I said, okay, so like, what's the stats? And they showed me the stats and I took a photo of it um, and put it into like Microsoft Paint and drew some lines around it and drew some numbers and some circles just to show people. Um, and I started writing an email. So I went online at like 10 o'clock at night, got all these email addresses of everywhere. I just Googled like fish store, Australia, fish store, New Zealand, and like all the local areas, got all these email addresses and I wrote an email and the email went something like this, where it was like, like, um, hi, I'm from this forum. Um, every single month we have at the time, I think it was like 50 or 60,000 visitors, um, unique visitors that come to our website. We are looking for sponsorship. Uh, back in the day, banner ads is like we have a banner across the top. We have only yeah, have the right. space for ten people because again, it was legitimate. Like you can only fit so many people across the top. So I was like, we have ten spots available. It's four thousand dollars for the year. And I was like, I'm sending this email to sixty different stores. Um, here's a link for our PayPal, or if you want to donate product, here's a link to tell us what product you would want to give us. Thanks, Kim. Like, super basic. Didn't really know that yeah. I was using. Uh, like scarcity and urgency and all this sort of stuff to try and encourage them to do something. Send the email like 10 o'clock at night, went to sleep, woke up the next morning to go to school. And um, I had a message on MSN Messenger at the time is what we used. And it was um, from one of the admins. He's like, what did you do last night? And I was like, oh no, like have I did something bad? Is everyone, is everyone frustrated and pissed off at me? I don't know what's happened. Um, and he's like, no, 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 we have like, about $44,000 worth of money in PayPal and uh, contributions from people Ooh. that are saying they want to give us product all from sending that one email. So that is kind of what was the spark for me to delve deep into online. Cause I was like, well, if I can do it for these guys, surely there's a whole world of people that are doing things online that want and could benefit from, from what I was able to do there very, very simply in, in one little email. Incredible. And Folks, uh, by the way, if you have a question for uh, <clears throat> for Kim at any point tonight, please put it into the chat. But so, Kim, so you discovered at a at a young age, you know, number one, so, you know, secret sauce in this particular space of online marketing, but also number two, did you know that you're that did you know that you were an entrepreneur, and did you did you realize at that point that you could really build a solid business model around this and essentially just create your own, you know, corporate culture and company? Well, I, I had an inkling, and again, because I was still at, at high school, so they were encouraging me to go to university. They were pushing me down that route. But the yep. whole time I was like, well, if I go to university, I'm not really going to be able to work. So I do need to have income. I need to have a business, something that's going to be able to help me to pay the bills because otherwise I'm going to be you know, a starving university student. So um, my brother and I set up a um, supplement company. So we went to the gym. We trained Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, we competed and all that sort of stuff. So we were like, well, Let's like, if we're buying supplements for ourselves, because I used to also did some part-time work in an accounting firm and I was like, I saw people setting up businesses all the time. And I was like, well, if I set up businesses for these guys, why can't I just set up a business number and registration for us? And we just go and buy all our stuff wholesale. And then if our friends, our training partners, if they want stuff as well, we'll just sell it to them. So we, I st we started doing that. I started buying in all the stuff that we wanted. Um, built some really good partnerships with some um, companies in the east of Australia. I'm in, in the West Coast yep. and um, just started buying stuff from them. And then when we started getting it over, everyone was like, well, can you get us some stuff? And I was like, sure. 
So I started buying some more. And then I was like, well, I know how to do stuff online. I may as well. And this was in the early days of, of Facebook and Facebook ads where we can get clicks and stuff for super cheap compared to now. So I was yeah. like, well, why don't I use some of the skills that I learned before and I've been playing around with and doing like affiliate marketing and bits and pieces. And why don't I use this to drive traffic to our store and start getting attention for us. So started doing that as well. And that's what really kind of clicked for me when my brother and I were, we had orders coming in. Like uh, we had to go from just me and him just sitting there doing a few bits and pieces um, and getting stuff for ourselves to being like, well, more people want what we have. Um, so I started like growing it, spending more money on ads um, while whilst I was at university. Then I was like, this is getting, I was like physical, pro like physical product stores are hard because it's like, then you start having issues like refunds and returns and shipping delays and all this sort of stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All that fun. And I was like, mm, I don't know that I want to go down this route. And so I said to my brother, I was like, if you want to keep what we're doing, I'll just do the marketing. You can keep the, like, you can keep the business. I don't want to have to deal with that. He was like five years younger than me. So he hadn't even, I think he just finished high school. Um, and he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that either. So we ended up closing that down, but I started then talking to people about what we'd been doing. And then more and more people were like, oh, can like, can you help me get customers? Can you help me get clients? And that's when I realized I was like, maybe my business is the advertising, not necessarily the physical product stuff. Right, exactly. I can see the evolution of that, Kim. And, 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 and folks, what you're listening to and what you're seeing right now is vision, right? And, you know, as, as I know that a lot of you that join us on a weekly basis are running Amazon stores, are running online stores. And we actually have a question that came in from uh, Jade Pacino, uh, which I'll hit, hit in, um, in a moment, Kim. But folks, what you're looking at is, is, is a business that was not set up for failure because it had the ability to have pivot points because of the fact that it was multifaceted, right? And if you're setting up right now, because, and Kim, I'd like you to comment a little bit on how crowded the space of Amazon stores and online stores are now in a moment. But if, um, if you're only approaching your business with the opportunity to accelerate in one vertical, but not have the ability to mutate and focus in different areas, um, in my opinion, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right um, now, before before I, I move further down uh, down your story, Kim, Jade Pacino actually has a question for you. It says, "What are the main topics, categories, or messages that support your brand?" I mean, look, that's uh, that's a is that is that for me as as myself, or is that like asking for you, Jade, in relation to your business and like how to identify that? The way I'm seeing is it is for your business, but then we could probably relate it to Jade's business after that. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, the, the big thing is when I first started out was like, I was trying to find and identify the way to differentiate myself because at the time I was very early in Facebook ads. Like you mentioned now about Amazon stores and things like that. If you were the first person that had an Amazon store or taught someone to set up an Amazon store, you were like, you know, no one knew what, knew what to do. So you were like, you're the only logical answer. And for me here locally, I live in Perth, which is the most isolated capital city in the entirety of the world. Um, that's like been proven. So I am, and I'm in Australia, so I'm very far away from everyone else. But over here, I was one of the very uh, early and very first, I think in Perth, I was probably the first person to have a um, digital marketing agency specifically focused on Facebook. So wow. because I was the, the first person to do it, um, it was very easy for me. Like when people talk about me, they're like, Kim's ads, like Facebook ads guy. Because, and even in Australia as well, like I, I was known because I went to all of the events and they're like, 
what do you do? And I was like, I've been running, you know, this is like four years ago. I've been running ads for five years. They're like, oh, wow. Like you must've been very early. I'm like, yeah. So most of the people in Australia that do marketing and then now in the US as well, that do marketing, I kind of know or know of because I've been around for so long, like on in the online space, I've been doing, since I was 15 years old, I've been doing online advertising and, and playing around. So that is really the big one uh, for me. That kind of is the topic or message that we uh, focus on. But now I try to push it past myself. So now it's really about digital growth and kind of assessing uh, for people what they should be doing, looking at to help them grow and scale online. Because obviously we've we've gone very far past just Facebook ads um, into the depths of the funnels, and now you know like TikTok ads, we do YouTube ads, all that sort of stuff as well. But that's still the core thing that um, people. If, they, if people ask me to speak in an event, it's normally about like Facebook ads or, or like a social media marketing message. Yeah. And so um, let's, let's play in that space a little bit for a moment. And uh, <clears throat> Jade, thank you so much for the, for the question. Rachel, I see you. I'll get your question in just one second. Um, what time frame was this? And, and I'm trying to recall, I mean, because I mean, Facebook really, really started to, you know, elevate on the map uh, in, you know, the middle part of the 2000 decade, right? So ar around what time frame was this that you really started to elevate up in the Facebook space? So ads were like, I would say really coming through in, I could get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was like 2010, 2011 is when Facebook ads were like actually starting to mature. Because uh, for anyone that kind of remembers, when you first had Facebook, obviously being it was predominantly on desktop, you had the right-hand column. That was all that you had to start off with. Yep. You only had right-hand column ads and there wasn't very many. However, the ads were ridiculously cheap and you could put up pretty much anything, say anything. Like it doesn't matter what product you were selling, you would put a picture of a very nice looking girl with like a, a red border around it and you would get everyone in the world clicking on it and it would, you'd, you'd make money. Um, and then it kind of started to mature from there. And let's play in that space. I love that exit at this point, Kim. So uh, my, my company, and with my, I, I manage it with a couple of different partners, our CEO, uh, Rob Gill, and I'm a senior partner. Our company is called Epic Financial Strategies. And um, we consult business owners every single day on methods of creating leverage and liquidity for themselves to expand their businesses. And one of the big areas that, you know, that we focus on is I would call it like alternative strategies, uh, whether it's leveraging insurance or other, other, you know, uh, assets that create leverage in a positive space that you can use to reinvent, you know, reinvest back into your business. Right. And, Back then, right, so we were just coming out of the 2008 market pullback, right? And so I think the businesses and people were still hurting from what had transpired in 08. And so they were looking for different opportunities. But to your point, um, Facebook ads were incredibly cheap. But when e even at that point when Facebook ads were so inexpensive, were you, um, were you consulting at that point? And, and were you finding um, trepidation or, you know, um, timidity or, you know, any type of issue with doubling down on investing into Facebook ads because they hadn't really necessarily been proven out yet? I think it's like, it, and even probably up until maybe even 2016, people still, uh, if they were a more traditional business owner, they still mm -hmm. didn't get it. And they still like, would be like, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to, I don't want to go into that space. I don't think it's going to work. 
um, regardless of the the case studies, the results that you could show them, um, there was still, especially in Australia, I found that the US had a much faster adoption rate because we work with a lot of clients over in the US as well. Um, but yeah, we were talking to people. I was talking, um, I just finished my degree and was talking at events and doing presentations and things like that on, on Facebook. And it was kind of almost like a, it, it was still something, I mean, similar today, the way that I would liken it, the feeling of it was like cryptocurrency where hmm. people were like, I've kind of heard about it for a little while now. And it seems like it's, it works and it's cool, but like, it's too good to be true. And I don't want to like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go too deep into it yet. Hmm. You know, and that's and, what I and, found at the time. Yep. Yep. And, and also, awesome, awesome access point because we've seen volatility in that specific marketplace. We've seen volatility in all different types of marketplaces. So, you know, we're going to accelerate and fast forward, Kim, because you had mentioned that you're consulting companies here in the U.S. and abroad. We'll accelerate to what's happening economically and what you're up to in the world right, um, you know, today. Um, but I do I do want to hit, um, we, we, as you know, Kim, we run this uh, live. Uh, we are InfinityX, folks. We are InfinityX.com replay, but we do run this live. And Rachel McIntyre has a question for you. And the question is, and Rachel, thank you very much for repeating and coming back to us. How do you feel about posting the same content on all platforms or should we mix it up? And I think that's a phenomenal question. It, that's a great, it is a great question. The, the thing to remember is that every platform has a different purpose and you go onto it for different reasons. Otherwise, we would all only have one account on one platform and we wouldn't go anywhere else. So when you go to Facebook, you have a certain uh, belief, a certain realization, a certain interaction that you're looking for. Same on Instagram, same on TikTok, same on Snapchat, all, all the platforms. So the way that I like to think about it is to is to first remember where you are. So it's the, it's the same as going like, should should I dress the same for every location that I go to? And it's like, well, if I'm going to the beach, I'm going to dress and do things differently versus if I'm going out for dinner versus if I'm coming into the office. So first is to have the awareness of like the container that you're in and what you're actually um, going there for. And then the next is how best do people um, respond? So um, for example, there's certain platforms where at the moment video um, like we're doing here is 110% the best port of call. For example, stories like stories on Facebook, stories on Instagram, um, uh, stories in messenger, they get the best reach, they get the best response. So if I'm going there and it's like, I'm going to do a story, it's going to be again, slightly different to then if I'm doing a normal post, if I'm doing a normal post, um, as you would see, if you um, check out my Facebook feed or Infinity X Facebook, uh, Instagram feed, sorry, you would see it's like a post is it's nicely done. It's like designed, it's matches the brand, it, it works nicely. But in stories, people want like a little bit, it's like behind the scenes. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to adapt and you can still have some nicely designed, like on brand stuff. But for me, normally it's like, I would do stuff for about, you know, after this podcast, I'll probably, um, after this call, I'll probably do a little thing about what we just spoke about. And it'll be like sure. off the cuff raw and it'll just be me just, just not professionally done or professionally audioed or anything like that. Um, so people are always looking for something um, uh, different and specific. So not only just on the platform, but the specific uh, placement on the platform as well. So everything I would say you have to take into consideration and tying it back into ads, which again is my uh, specialty is that what a lot of people do is they'll put up an ad and they'll throw it up and not take into account the question that you've just asked Rachel being like, should it all be the same? There's three different placement levels that all have different sizes that all have different interaction points and all have different ways that they should be placed. So 
even when it comes down to your ads, it's, it needs to be curated. And the, the big reason why normally if I was in, um, if we were all together in, in a room and we were sitting here, I'll get everyone to open up their phone, swap the phone with the person next to them, open on a feed and have a scroll. And we could all ascertain that we're probably similar people. We have similar drive, similar motivations, um, and we'd be all in the same place. But you would see that every single person's feed is completely customized. Yep. It's completely customized to them on every single platform. It's individualized based on your own personal beliefs, your own personal actions, the things you click on, the things you like, the things you dislike, even though you might be similar from like an overarching standpoint to a lot of other people that you'd be around. So the, the big thing that I like to reiterate to people is that if it's customized for the individual person when they're going there, it's like, as does need to be your marketing message. It needs to be customized and tailored to a, a, specific, a specific sort of person so that you can make sure that you cut through the noise and that it's, it's recognized and, and, and people have an awareness over what you're actually talking about. You know, and it's incredible that you're mentioning that too, because I mean, the more the exposure that I get to it, and I traditionally, Kim, have been a little bit more on the, um, I would say the client facing and, you know, I'm growing into the influence capacity and you're very welcome, Rachel. That was an outstanding question, by the way. Um, but the intimacies of, and, and, and looking at the analytics behind, okay, which social media platform am I going to adopt? Am I going to adopt Instagram and go heavy on Instagram? And why am I going to go at, you know, really heavy into, I have, I have relationships with people who only market on LinkedIn, right? Only market on LinkedIn. It's where they choose to do business. It's where they choose to market their message. Some doing it very, very well. Some doing it very, very poorly. Um, I look at your Instagram feed, which is absolutely incredible. And folks it's at, you know, it's the real Kim Barrett. And um, you know, we have 50,000 followers on there, which is absolutely incredible. But, you know, I, I look at it, and this is something that really, really entices me to want to learn more, right? I see helping businesses grow online. That's a hell of a tagline right there. Show me how to do this, right? Um, and then your social voice, you know, Real Kim Barrett show. I see that, you know, here's someone who if I'm uh, exposed to, I can, you know, I can create and increase my brand awareness as well. And awareness as well. And, and so, Kim, before we get to here and now, because I want to go really, really deep into what's happening in the Australian space, right? Um, economically speaking, here in the U.S., we're challenged <laughs> for uh, lack of a better description. But as you continue to accelerate, what was, you know, like what was the, so you had that turning point where you're like, okay, I can consult businesses um, and, 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 you, and make this my business model as opposed to just doing it myself. Um, so what happened next? Like when you took on, when you started to take on clients and as you continue to build out, what happened? So I started to um, obviously do uh, consulting and speaking. Then I started to do it for people. Um, Cause then the biggest thing I, at the very beginning, I was like, I just want to teach it. I don't want to touch it. I just want to show people how to do it, work with them on it. Um, and then more and more people kept just asking me like, can you, can you do it for me? Can you just, do it. I don't want to touch it. Yep. Can you just go and do that? And I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll start working on that. But again, at, when I started to do that, because I hadn't really refined my business model, they're like, but we also need a website, but we also need this. And we also need that. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, in my mind, I was like, well, if I do those things, I can probably charge them a little bit more. So and were you a one-man just... operation? Were you a one-man yeah. operation at that point? Wow. Okay. So yeah. you had to scale too, brother. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I I knew how to kind of work all the pieces, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'll just do that. I'll just do more things for them, um, because then I can get more money. Surely that's how these things work. 
But then yep. very quickly, then it was like, great. Then there was a problem on the website and, um, you know, a, a plugin hadn't been updated and, and their website was crashing. So I'm getting calls at like 10 o'clock at night and then something else would happen and another issue. And I was like, all right, I really need to stay in my lane and hone in on my focus because I also want to make sure that when people go, who should I speak to for Facebook ads? Because at the time that was the only thing we wanted to focus on, that my name was the only name that came up. But if I was doing websites, social media content, graphics, all that sort of stuff, it's like, it's not going to work because then I'm just the same as every other generalist. So I need to be a specialist here. So I kind of trimmed right back any clients that had websites. I was like, look, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jay Abraham and his theory of um, preeminence. And I was like, great. Mm -hmm. Well, that basically mm -hmm. states that even if the clients yep. shouldn't work with you, you make a recommendation on who would be best for them. So I found the best uh, web developers and all that sort of stuff and said, hey, I'm not going to do your project. Even if you've paid me for it, I'm going to pay these guys. They're going to do it for you. And you speak to them. Like uh, I, I think they're going to do a much better job for you. So I got rid of all of the external things so I could just focus on that. And then as, as I did that, I started to increase my prices and then also increase the number of customers that we had coming on. So I then quickly realized that me as an individual can only do so much. So I need to bring on and start growing a team. So then I started the, uh, the glorious uh, process of bringing on team members and leadership and training and all these sorts of things, which um, uh, were, were good lessons to have. And I probably tried to do it too fast uh, because like any, I think entrepreneur is like, if we're going to do it, like, why would I do it slowly? Let's just go right. like Let's pedal to the metal, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Of <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Let's just go for it. And, um, and I probably had at that point in time, a uh, too many staff, too many clients. And cause I was just going like anyone that was like, Oh, cool. Like we're looking for, I was like, just bring in as many clients and as many team members as possible. Um, and then quickly realized at the end of probably two years of operating at that like level and speed. And I was traveling around to the U S everywhere speaking and bringing in more clients and all that sort of stuff. I was like, all right, I needed to reassess everything at the end of that. I was like Christmas and I was like, all right, probably need to dial this back in a little bit put in a few more structures and, and lanes and, and bumpers for me to be able to operate in. And then, yep. then let's slowly rebuild. So rather than having like tremendous growth and then dropping down, like let's just build. So we, if we have a plateau for a little while, that's okay. Yep. That's our foundation building blocks and just leveling up our floor rather than trying to chase the ceiling all the time. Yep. Um, and then just slowly built like that and then started recruiting, recruiting good people and, could finally afford to, you know, at the beginning, I was like, oh, I can't like, if someone wants like hundred grand a year, I can't pay them hundred grand a year. Like that's ridiculous money. But then yeah. over time I was like, well, by bringing someone good, they can add, they should be able to add more value than what I pay them to the business. So let's bring in great, like great quality people and not just try and find any Tom, Dick and Harry that can just jump in and do the job. Let's find really good people. Um, again, yeah. And you had mentioned, and by the way, uh, Kim, you had mentioned Jay Abraham, right? I had, I've had an opportunity to see him speak on a few different occasions. He's somebody that one of our business partners, Sean Callagy, likes to you know match and model afterwards. And, um, you know, what I heard here was, you know, was reflection and inflection on what's happening with your business. And, you know, one of the biggest risks that you can face is out is outpunning your coverage, right? Is growing too quickly, scaling too quickly without being prepared for that, you know, for that onslaught of growth, right? And, you know, our company, I'll use, I'll use our company as an example. Thank God. Now, you know, everybody experiences growing pains. I, I'll be the first to say, but 
we have developed a, uh, a business par- partnership here in the U.S. with um, uh, with with one uh, with with a couple of different influencers. One in particular who has a very very specialized market, um, and the individuals who follow this individual are very 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 closely aligned with wanting to model what they do, right? And a piece of modeling what they do is in fact, working with us and, and, and we, we designed specific strategies for the businesses from a financial perspective to be able to reinvest back into their business intelligently without risk or as little risk as possible. But that's, that, that's quite a popular tactic here, you know, here in the US. And so as a result, you know, during COVID, we went from eight to 25 to 150 to 300 to now we get about 2000, over 2000 requests for appointments every single month. And if you don't, if you're not appropriately positioned, right, if you don't have trained sales staff, right, individuals who can, you know, monitor and measure system and process, that is, it's a beautiful problem. It's it, it, the beautiful problem that you will experience is an inflow that you can't handle, right? And so um, what I'm hearing is that you did real reflection on what you can and cannot handle to be prepared to scale to the method in which you did. And my question for you is, was that an individual reflection that you did yourself? Or was that um, because you have coaches and people that you model after and or scale after as well that gave you that advice? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know at the time what it was, but I knew something wasn't right. I was like, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, this is, it's not working, but it should be working. Like plenty of people to do work, plenty of clients to come in. And it was, it was a mentor of mine. That was one of my earliest mentors. And um, I, you know, I still am a part of his uh, mastermind. And we now like, I'm blessed to be able to now help him with problems as well. And um, we, he sat me down and he's like, all right, what, like, what do you think is the problem? I was like, I have no, absolutely no idea. And he's like, you have some idea. He's like, let's work on this together. Let's map it out and let's look at what the path is going forward. And also let's look at, um, like you mentioned, is that cool? If we, if you're looking for growth, rather than looking at growth for growth's sake, why do we want to grow? Like, what's the, what's the purpose of doing this? Why do we want revenues to be this? Why do we want profitability to be this? Like, why do we want all of these things? And what's the actual goal that we're shooting towards? Um, which is something that I never fully sat down apart from at the very beginning and did again, because it was just always go, go, go. Yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, without having the, the, uh, the insight from an external person, I always like to say, it's like, you can't read the label from inside the bottle. So when you're in the bottle, like, you're just, <laughs> right. oh, yeah. yeah, it's a great quote. Like, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have no idea what's going on right now. And you're just running around like crazy um, and you keep going. And maybe like once a year at Christmas time or the end of the financial year in Australia, it's the end of June. So we kind of have those two times a year where we sit down and review things. Um, but in between, you're just like, you're sprinting. And it's like, well, he's like, well, that's, does that make logical sense just to run that long without reassessing and realigning goals? And I was like, doesn't. So that it was, it was only from his advice. Cause I said, I, I didn't know what to do or what to look at. Um, I just knew it wasn't kind of working as I, as I envisioned. And he could just sat me down and said, all right, cool. He actually uh, was over in Perth and he's like, let's go have coffee away from the office. Let's sit down half a day and like, let's like, let's, let's go to work on this. And then I was able to figure out a bit of a game plan. We ended up having to uh, trim some staff, but again, I wanted to do it in a way where they still had um, 
benefit from what they had done with working with us. So we managed to figure out some good transition plans for everyone transitioned all of our low paying clients, which had been with us for a long time. And they'd been on like legacy pricing and it just wasn't kind of working for where we wanted to go. And um, then on the back of that, we had our biggest, our biggest revenue and most profitable month ever pretty Mm -hmm. much the immediate next month after that, after making all those adjustments. You know, um, success leaves clues, right? You know, <laughs> and and folks, we are Infinity X, giving the stage and microphone to human excellence. This is Kim Barrett, who is joining us across the pond, way across the pond, down under in Australia, and um, you know, is helping businesses to scale and grow, right? And um, let's let's bring this to the here and now, Kim. Right. So, you know, uh, let me just talk for a moment about what we are experiencing here with. Um, with, you know, with businesses, but with people in general, right? So in the U.S. right now, economically, we have a debt to GDP that's about 125%, right? You know, so our debt, we're running right now at about $30 trillion, and our GDP is only running at about $24 trillion, right? And, that's, and that gap is starting to get wider, right? And, you know, Unfortunately, with the pandemic and what happened here in the U.S. with the pandemic, um, a lot of a lot of people were drastically, you know, economically impacted businesses, brick and mortar locations, really, really, really drastically economically impacted. And so our government needed to make um, and I'm sure that you've you're very in tune with this, but our government had to make a lot of choices. And some of those choices were printing dollars. Right. And had to insert different type of stimulus money into the economy for businesses and for people to be able to continue to you know, meet their cost of living. What's happened, though, as a result of policy decision making and already economic challenges, I think that the U.S. was facing a, a, a big problem became a massive problem. And so here in the U.S., we're at like 42, almost 43 year highs in inflation. And so <clears throat> relevant for what you do, it's not inexpensive to run an online company any longer. Right. It's not inexpensive to market online any longer, at least here domestically. And so what do you do for businesses and and how are you helping domestic U.S. businesses to navigate? And then I'd like to talk about what you're doing overseas as well. Definitely. I mean, the um, and I think it's similar uh, everywhere because the the big thing that I noticed and I remember like studying, I remember when, as you mentioned, the 2008 correction and things like that happening. And I was like, at the time, just finished um, economics, studying like Keynesian theory and all, all the different things. And I was like, oh, I could have seen how in Australia, what they did could have probably been done slightly better to alleviate accelerating debt and things like that. Um, but yep. this time, the big thing was like, you only had one lever to pull because people weren't able to go out of their homes and out, out of their houses and, and actually go and do things like you can't go and be like, oh, I'm just going to start uh, building more infrastructure and roads and whatnot because like, no one could go to work and they couldn't be around each other. Right. So it was, um, it was pretty hard. So I noticed at that time, uh, though, especially in Australia and the US, all of our clients shifted a product, big, heavy focus online, big, heavy focus. We had um, our biggest and busiest months ever in the midst of the pandemic because everyone was now going, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry, if they weren't already online, they're like, we need to get online because how else like, can we bring in, you can't go and see people, all this sort of stuff. And um, now what I'm seeing, as you said, like prices are rising, um, you know, uh, dollars not getting as much as it could as it should anymore. And um, yep. and because of the that whole period of time, 
And I think also when the um, elections came through as well, we saw a huge, um, from the US, we saw a huge spike in all of our ad costs around the world because mm -hmm. they were spending on some campaigns $50 million a day yep. um, on different, in different platforms. So um, all of us copped the brunt of that, even though we weren't uh, living in the US, we're like, well, all of our ad prices uh, are going up because across the platform, um, everyone's spending more. So it, it's still like that. So now for me, like our, my biggest um, focus for clients is not how do I get them to spend um, the most, but it's like, how do we get, again, another um, uh, principle I learned from, from Jay was how, how can we get all we can out of all we've got? So for Absolutely. a lot of our clients, it's- Multiple spends on the dollar. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're yep. not going to spend more. Like when I go and look at people's things, um, when I look at their, like their marketing funnels and advertising funnels and sales process, it's like we we start and again uh, one of our points of um, going back to I think uh, Jade's question originally one of our points of differentiation most marketing or ad guys they look at all the front end <clears throat> I start at the back I start mm -hmm. at sales and I'm like cool let's look at sales process let's look at what like and then our conversion rates all the way down and then um, one of my favorite ever books and theories um, is a book called The Goal by Dr. Um, uh, Elia Goldratt. And it's all about the theory of constraints. So it's like for most people, their constraint is not the front end. Because if it was, they would just turn it up. But there's normally a constraint somewhere in their entire flow through process that we can see if we can help identify and then mm -hmm. start from there and work backwards. Because it's like, there's only, I liken it to a garden hose. I like to simplify things for myself because um, big words and things confuse me. All right. But if you've got a, a nice, a nice garden hose that at any one point in time, even if there's 15 kinks in your garden hose, only one is stopping the water from flowing at that present point in time. Sure. It's, you can't go and unkink all 15. It has to be done one at a time. So the first mm -hmm. one, figure where that is. And most of the time it's probably close to the sales process because either people aren't uh, utilizing to their fullest, like follow-ups, sequencing, like you mentioned earlier, understanding and having a good sales team in place. Um, we probably turn away more people than we bring on because most of the time I have to say, I was like, I need you to go and fix your sales process or fix your sales team or fix like some of these other components first. Then I can help you. Then we can start turning on the tap, but there's no point in putting water into a leaky bucket. We've got to, you know, we've got to fix the holes first before we then go and, and turn everything in. So even more so now where I think in the last couple of years, because people have gotten, um, not like overly attracted, but they've been drawn towards online advertising and they think that that's the way for them to be able to generate the most um, inquiry and whatnot. And they've been started to be, to really be leveraging it. They've left many, many holes, whether it be CRMs, whether it be follow-ups, um, whether it be going back to the database, like one of my favorite things to do with a client ever, um, when we very first get them to start off with and to see how, how well they've been following up their database is to send out a nine-word email, something I learned from um, Dean Jackson. Um, send out a super simple email to their database, and yeah. it works like gangbusters. And that, to me, go okay, cool. I know that means that there's there's op there's huge opportunity here for us, and sure. and that's what we need to do. What's the significance of nine words? Um, it even whether or not you send it individually or if you broadcast it, it seems personalized. <laughs> Um, but the, the way and the structure of it is, is literally asking someone and, um, for anyone listening to this, please like go and swipe and deploy this. Dean teaches this openly. Um, and it's, it's phenomenal, but it's like, Hey, are you still interested in X? So whatever it is your business does, are you still interested in purchasing? Like say you had an Amazon store. Are you still interested in purchasing this? 
for me. It's like, are you still interested in growing your business? Cheers, Kim. And the subject line is just their name. I would put that like Kim in the subject line. It's like, hey, Kim, still interested in growing your business? Question mark. Cheers, Kim. And I was setting that out, broadcast that to the entire database. And flooding in most of the time comes responses of people either saying yes or no. And if we get a huge response of yes, then we just manually take them and push them into sales calls or sales process or website purchases or whatever it should be from there. But that's how we can tell if follow-up sequences have been efficient, if we can tell if, if people have been um, offered and helped and if we've been able to get all we can out of all we've got. Um, and like I periodically, like I have a 90-day sequence where I send that email to my database wow. just to see, just to see what's happening and get, and get people to put their hand up. And every time, because it's been 90 days, we've brought new people in, every time we get responses and people are like, yeah, uh, actually I am. And it's like, okay, great. Like let's jump on a call and, and chat. So um, that's one, one little thing that you can use as a reactivation. Um, you can do it by SMS messenger um, email, but it'll, it'll show what opportunities are still in the database. And uh, for us, like while we then go and look at all the other more like technical side of things, we, um, we, we normally get people's uh, sales teams uh, chomping their teeth into that to start off with. Incredible. Folks, we're Infinity X. We give stages and microphones to high level thinkers, right? Human excellence. People think, you know, like we always say people think in threes, like ABC, one, two, three, X, Y, Z. And, you know, what Kim just shared with you guys is something that, look, the pit, the pot of gold often is what's the vision. But people get so blinded to the pot of gold that they forget that they're walking across the field of diamonds. And what Kim is just sharing with you is that the mastery is in the CRM and in the database, right? And 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 what people typically, and this is not uncommon, Kim, in any type of business that you're running, right? Whether it's financial services like we're in or online marketing or whatever the case is. Um, you know, people build out these big databases, but they forget to continue to mine and engage those databases. And so folks, what Kim just gave you is that from an email marketing is not dead. Email marketing and email campaigning is not dead by any stretch of the imagination. People are more likely to read SMS texts than they are emails, probably, at least that's what you think. But what Kim is sharing with you is that a nine word engagement actually will show him whether or not you have a, a workable CRM database for mining using email marketing, right? Kim, am I, am I, am I accurate in that statement? Exactly. hundred percent. And as you, as you mentioned there, cause people, um, to be honest, and I apologize cause I'm a marketer. So it's, it's my kind that are the ones that make you feel like email marketing is dead and things like that. Cause they're trying to sell <laughs> you on the next thing, right? It's, it's marketers that go out there and, uh, and say all those things. But I mean, the, the biggest thing, and so I'm a, a huge advocate of, of um, copywriting, and I was at an event um, with now a gentleman who's a good friend now, Bond Halbert, whose dad, um, Gary Halbert, is a legend in the space of copy and direct response. And um, everyone asked him, they're like, how long should my posts, my emails, my videos be? And he said, and it always stuck with me, it's like, there's no such thing as too long or too short or too small, just too boring. So just too if, boring. If, that's great. Yeah, it's like yeah. your emails, if they're not getting opened, it's like, they're probably yeah. too boring. Cause think about this. And, th and when he gave me this analogy, I was like, ah, oh, it makes so much sense. It's like, we will go and sit in the movie theater and watch four hours of the Avengers. I will go and sit there and be glued to our seats and not touch our phones. However, mm -hmm. if you're watching a TV and a commercial comes on that bores you or a show that you've watched for five minutes, you're gone. Gone. Yep. 
Totally. So that, and the same with your email, same with your messages, same with your ads, everything. So um, email marketing is, uh, yeah, a million percent not dead, but it's like, you've got to, you've just got to be better. You've got to be more enticing, more engaging uh, and provide and provide more value. And it, it all still works. One of the things it's that that's such good advice, Kim, because one of the things that we started instituting relatively recently is something that I call the money minute. Right. And uh, it's where, you know, we'll shoot little 10, 15 maximum, I would say 45 second videos on a topic to our clients. Right. And to our database on the topic that's relevant just based off of what's happening in our world, right? You know, a couple of years ago, one of the big things that everybody was talking about is the level of student loan debt that's in the United States, right? And uh, how it's the sleeping giant of new problems that people are going to face because they're graduating with mortgages, you know, in in student loan. By the way, are, are student loans, uh, just a, a totally off topic conversation or question, but are student loans something that's present and or relevant in Australia, or is the United States the only one that's creating this awful, you know, circumstance for people? We, we do have them probably not. I don't think our, I don't think our universities are as expensive. So for example, like to get a degree in Australia costs you, I think th about 30, 40 grand. Um, there's my one up there. It's so mm -hmm. valuable. Uh, 30, yep. 40 grand. And what happens is <laughs> then it basically just comes off because I don't know how the structure is in America, but here, once you start earning money, once you earn like 50 grand a year, they just mm -hmm. automatically take it out of your pay every single week until it's all paid back. Um, so yeah, it's not a, it doesn't seem to be spoken about as much because I even like I've heard of the, the uh, student loan crisis and, and debts and things like that in, in the US. But for us, over, yeah, it seems to be, I mean, look, it could be a problem and they just brush over over here, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, definitely not as a big thing talked about for sure. Yeah, you know, and and again, it's you know everything, you know everything has its way of uh, of coming full circle, and I think that that's going to be a challenge that we face as we go forward here. But, um, folks, this is Kim Barrett. We are Infinity X. You can find Kim on Instagram at Real Kim Barrett, and uh, I'm just going to run down this for a second, Kim, because it's you know you've got so many different interesting things that you're up to at the at at, at your social voice, um, the Kim Barrett Show. Um, uh, what is that? Accent can't. Explain Cafe. this one to me, okay? Accent Cafe. What is that? Tell me a little bit more about that, brother. Yeah, remember how we, we talked about how uh, it was crazy for bricks and mortar businesses during uh, yeah. the pandemic, and yeah. uh, my partner, she's uh, she's Mexican, and um, she doesn't uh, like to do things the easy way. So in the middle of the pandemic, we decided to open a cafe um, here in Australia. Wow. So wow. it's been yeah, one of the probably biggest learning experiences uh, for me in the last five years has been that process as opening that and all those fun things. So yeah, now we have a cafe, which has like a, a wine bar attached and things like that. And I like, you can tell I like having a drink and I like wine and things like that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to help and see what I can do to try and grow this and use the, you know, my, my, my skills with online marketing to try and drive um, in-person traffic and things like that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty crazy. So most people were like, but you have an online business. Why would you want to go and open like bricks and bricks and mortar? I was like, look, going back in time, if, if I sometimes I get asked the question, if you go back and tell yourself one thing, it would be definitely don't open the cafe. It's ridiculous, stupid spending. You're going to spend a lot of money and uh, lose all your hair. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's, uh, it was definitely a, a big learning experience. So it's, uh, but my, yeah, my partner wanted, wanted to do things uh, the, the hard way. So do it during a global pandemic when, you know, prices are sky high. There's no new staff coming into Australia, all that fun stuff. So 
if there's been a challenge, uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've pretty much had every one. So it's been, but uh, yeah, very good learning experience. That's for sure. What is the, um, <clears throat> Kim, what's the growth of, of cryptocurrency uh, done in your world? Oh, uh, big time. I mean, like the, the, the next thing down in there is an NFT project I've been working on as well. So the, the mm. growth of crypto as well for the last probably two years has been pretty rapid. And it's like, uh, being that I've been digital um, for, you know, 16 years, like it was pretty much impossible for me to not um, bump into crypto several times. So um, I've been uh, deep into that space and I think it's becoming much more mainstream, but definitely for the last two years, I've just seen a huge spike in people wanting to understand it, people wanting to use it. Um, like one of my uh, team members here, her partner works for Chevron, which is quite a large like mining company. Yep. They've just trademarked all of their stuff in the metaverse and they're um, building their own NFTs at the moment. Um, Snoop Dogg uh, has gone out and bought all of Death Row Records, um, all of NFT. their old back catalog and he's turning yep. and he's taking them off all the streaming platforms and producing individual songs and the albums as NFTs. So Knight is going over into his grave, by the way, right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it, it's it's pretty crazy. It's becoming like um, even more and more um, mainstream and, and having a big awareness around it. So it's it's been crazy. So what is what is the next five years? in your business look like? Are you going to be, are you going to be trending more towards taking on more clientele? Are you looking for bigger stages and bigger microphones to speak upon? Like what does the future hold for you, Kim? Uh, the big thing for me is to scale, um, probably scale out education um, is really what I want to focus on. What I really wanted to do back when we very first started um, yep. because our, our done like uh, as a byproduct of doing a good job for people, people tell people about us, which is, which is great. Of course. And, Yep. You know, our, yep. our done for you service kind of um, attracts the right people and they come in and um, we don't have to really um, bring too many people in for that. But for me, for a lot of businesses, they kind of seem to get stuck between a little bit of a rock and a hard place where it's like they can go and pay an agency and they might pay an agency like me, two grand, five grand, 10 grand a month to do things for them. Um, but then they kind of miss an opportunity where it's like, especially if someone's brought on to do one particular thing, they can't do everything uh, from the digital marketing perspective for their business. They can't always um, be managing their CRM for them. Like they need to have an internal person. And then if they bring on an internal person, they give them a 75 point checklist of what they need to be a specialist at, like SEO, um, AdWords, they need to be able to do all these things, a graphic designer, and it's impossible. You know, it's impossible, right, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, my goal is trying to help business owners that get to that point, kind of bridge the gap by either educating them if they're very early on so that they can go out and at least put the fundamentals in place and understand the basics, like some of the things we've shared um, earlier today, like the nine word email, or, um, or help them bring on someone who's a specialist in that area, whether it be a virtual assistant who they can bring on to do it. Because if you can figure out the hardest part is getting the business owner to sit down to understand who their niche and who their audience is and what their offer is. If we can do that, we can effectively train someone to do the technical side of things, which is really predominantly where Facebook ads have gone. Um, but where most people struggle is when they don't have that understanding at the very beginning. So we're trying to find a way to bridge the gap and help more business owners and entrepreneurs to be able to bring in, either bring in talent to help them do the technical side, because that's normally where they fall down or they'll yeah. launch something and forget about it for three weeks and then wonder why Facebook just charged them $3,000 um, or upskill their internal team. Because again, you can't have, and I see it in Australia 
all the time because I get all the LinkedIn updates of people running, um, you know, wanting uh, new marketing people. And it mm. is, it's like you give people a checklist. It's like of being SEO designer, web uh, updater, CRM manager, a salesperson, understanding all these things, which is it's impossible. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's hard for business owners, but also hard for the staff. It definitely is. And let me ask you a question. Um, your space is getting a little bit more saturated, right? It's saturated here in the U.S. I'm sure it's saturated down where it's, because it's saturating where you are, if not completely saturated. Um, what do you see as potential stumbling blocks for businesses like yours? And what are you already preparing to do to pivot around that? Uh, for most would probably be the big one would be focusing still focusing only on one area because for example, like Facebook ads, um, probably the, um, one of the most, I say regulated, it's not that it's regulated, but one of the most hard, uh, for overcoming things. So for example, like financial services or providing finance to people can be ridiculously hard. And if Facebook wants to, they can shut down accounts and they can remove them completely. Um, which I think is, is, is pretty rough. So um, not being being platform agnostic, I think is the is the way to look at it and look at all the other opportunities around you. And I don't think it's going to be, um, and we mentioned and alluded to before cryptocurrency as well. I don't think that it's going to be maybe there in the next three to five, it could be on the way there. But like utilizing places like the metaverse and things like that, which are being created in several different ones of them. There's not just one metaverse there's many that are being kind of built out there for people to be able to go and play in and i know that there's already companies and um, nft projects which are buying up all the plots of land in these places to rent to businesses to uh, advertise on and they'll charge them a, a leasing fee and advertising fee so that when people enter and they see like there's there's billboards in the metaverse right mm -hmm. there's there's land and yep. if there's land there can be billboards if there's billboards there can be ads so yeah. people are already um looking at those avenues. And I think especially for uh, tech savvy um, uh, advertising agencies, which most have to be these days, I think there's a pretty good opportunity um, inside some of those realms as well. Incredible. And Rachel actually just put out a comment. She said, yes, so many companies think that one person can know and do all digital assignments. How do we tell business owners that this is not reasonable, question mark, in an elevator pitch? Interesting, so, interesting question. Yeah, that's a good yeah. question. For me, you, the easiest way that I, I, I would I would say is I would be like, great. So do you have do you know a surgeon that you expect to be a brain surgeon, a heart surgeon, a ear, ear, nose and throat surgeon all in one? And how much would you trust them to operate on you? <laughs> about as much as I would trust a blind, uh, you know, I'm not even going to go down that road, but I would not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, that, and that's why, and that's, a, that's why I think it's, uh, it's important for people. And, and now that we have such a, I would say like a global, like a reduction of, of borders from a skill set perspective. Yes. Like you get, get the best people where they're from. And that's why I say to like, what, one of the things we want to focus on is going, well, rather than having your Rachel, who's in your office, who's a marketing uh, overarching marketing strategy specialist, rather than trying to get her to be technical, why not like us connect you with a technical VA who can do all of the ad backend. And then Rachel just has to interpret the numbers because we have that. And like, you can pay someone in, you know, the Philippines, a phenomenal rate for them, like 10, 20 bucks um, Aussie an hour, which is probably like five or $15 um, US an hour. And they will be ridiculously grateful for that and will work very hard. 
but it's not all them relying on that one um, Rachel in the office to do all those things. Same for us. Like we, um, I, I've been exploring all over the world. Like I think we, I've got an interview this afternoon with someone in Estonia to do um, our bookkeeping because I've heard mm. that she's phenomenal and knows that we use zero and she's phenomenal at that platform. I'm like, great. Like I'm not going to try and make someone in my, sit in my office and do all those things for me. I'd much rather bring on someone who's phenomenal and is like studied it for like 10 years um, to be an expert at using zero for um, our management and get, get her to do it. Like it doesn't have to be someone uh, local anymore. Incredible. We are Infinity Guys, this is value, right? For anybody who's in the digital marketing space or looking to expand digital marketing for their business, you have gotten golden nugget after golden nugget. Kim is really, really dropping knowledge this evening. Replay at weareinfinityx.com. Replay weareinfinityx YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. And uh, Kim, last question for you before I let you roll on with your day. It's amazing. I'm, I'm concluding my evening here. You're getting your day started. I love it. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're right. You know, listen, we're all in the metaverse, right? So I'll see you in the metaverse at some point. Um, are you mentioned education before and have you ever given consideration to taking what you know and putting it into a box and providing it from an educational content perspective and pushing that out or selling that or um, giving any type of educational curriculum for people that are looking or interested in developing um, a web space like the like what you've been able to build out yeah we've 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 just started that uh last year I say aggressively and not aggressively as in like angrily, but like really putting a huge focus on it as, and, and building it out. So we, um, you know, we invested, we have a, uh, a much larger in, in another room. We've got a full recording studio, which we built out, sit down, do all of the modules, do proper intros, build out worksheets, build out workbooks for people to make it as foolproof as possible. And that's why um, now it's like, we we're probably the most resource we've ever been to be able to help people and provide that education to them so that it's like they can literally walk through and be like, great, like first, like here's how you understand who your niche is and your audience. Here's how you craft an offer. Here's how you test if your offer is actually good, if people like it and and walking people through that entire process, which has been um, uh, a few iterations we've gone through. And then we always test it internally because we're always hiring um, uh, or not always employing, but always hiring. So we're always looking for people. And I put them through uh, the testers. Like I put them through the program, put them through what we've developed and see um, what they come out with, what questions they have, what hindrances they have. And then we use that to build better and, and uh, uh, internally make it uh, more epic for people and easier to follow and, and simpler uh, because there's platforms are always changing. But I, I truly believe that if you can understand your audience and understand them better than anyone else, and you can structure an offer that makes them want to take action, doesn't matter what platform, if you're in the metaverse or in the real world, wherever you are, you'll be able to have success with your with your marketing and advertising for sure. And I, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, I just wanted to put it out there to all you good folks that have joined us to continue to join us. Um, you can find us at We Are Infinity X. We have developed an entire financial freedom roadmap curriculum that my partner Rob Gill created with another uh, one of our business partners as well. It's a 17 it's a 17 module educational curriculum that we that we that we offer in a box and it gets and and Kim is putting out there uh, that level of content as well. Um, Kim, where can they find or where can they go to uh, put in a request for information around that educational content? The easiest way, as you mentioned before, uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's pretty easy to connect with me there. Or if you want to see some 
real life examples of what that looks like and topics that we cover. We have a, um, a Facebook group and community. Um, I got a very good domain, which I believe is great. It says www.joinmygroup.com.au. I was very surprised no one had taken that. I was like, that's, that's a great one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's our free Facebook community there. And you can see examples of what our content's like, um, what, uh, what topics that we cover, and you can ask as many questions as possible. If we haven't been able to address any today, you can hit me up on any of those platforms and ask me. I'm always open to sharing. Yeah, you caught one from Liam, actually. I, I, before, we, before we conclude, I just wanted to hit this. Do you believe in worrying about overhead tech costs when growing your marketing and digital presence? Um, no, because it's like your tech cost, if you're growing your marketing and digital presence should be yielding something that should be much greater. Like Mm -hmm. I I am worried if you go and be like, cool, I'm buying like 65 monitors to put up here and all these servers to run all this sort of stuff, uh, without knowing how it's going to directly correlate it. But it, it ties back into what we, um, mentioned, uh, much earlier about, if you know what your goal is and you can figure out and reverse engineer that and have someone great in your corner, whether it's someone great, like you guys helping them out from the finances and understanding their business and growth. Um, if you can figure out what you're going to do with that, then it makes it much easier to be like, great. If I spend this, I should be able to yield this. This should be the outcome that I'm focused on achieving. So it would never be uh, overhead. It should be directly correlating to some form of growth in the business. And Liam, let me let me pivot off of that as well, because I think that this is where, Kim, you and I could actually have some real synergy um, in consulting businesses between financial preparation as well as you growing their verticals. But Liam, <clears throat> if the dollars that you had that were going to be deployed into overhead tech cost were coming from the right type of avatar. And what I mean by that is if you're holding tank for cash, right, is something that's going to give you leverage as opposed to withdrawal, right? Well, now you can create higher velocity on your money. We have clients that invest into their businesses all the time, but they borrow against themselves. And, and that's a more complex conversation. But when you're operating almost like your own bank to a degree, right, you're creating multiple spins on your dollars so that when you're investing in tech cost or you're investing in marketing cost or you're investing Investing in staff, you actually have money working for you at you know at at in two separate places at once. You're getting the ROI by investing in yourself, but you're also getting ROI in where the money came from, right? Increase the vertical, get yourself six, seven, eight different rates of return at the exact same time. Liam, DM me if you'd like to have question or conversation around what that looks like. We are InfinityX or at Dave Harder Epic. Um, and, and obviously get in touch with Kim as well, because obviously you have a lot more conversation to have with Kim around, um, you know, managing tech costs and really growing and scaling your business. Kim, any final finals, brother, because I see you in my future and I'd really like to, you know, talk more about what you're doing to businesses and how we might be able to work together. hundred percent. I would just say to, to anyone, if you've, uh, if you've heard anything here that is resonated with you from understanding your finances to understanding your marketing, like make it a priority this year. Um, who we don't, we can't, um, I, there's a, another a great book from Jay CEO who sees around corners. Unfortunately at the moment, we can't really see around the corner as to what's going to happen next with currencies, with inflation and whatnot. So if there's ever a time to make sure that everything you have is in the best shape possible, it, it is now. I, I personally believe that, you know, it, it would be uh, remiss of me not to share that with you guys to, to put a focus on it, to put your attention on it because things are changing and very rapidly these days. And um, uh, we don't know what's, uh, what's, what's coming next. So the best way that you can be prepared is to make sure that everything you have right now is in the best shape possible. 
This is Kim Barrett, and we are Infinity X. You can find him on Instagram, Real Kim Barrett. Um, you know, listen, entrepreneur helping businesses to grow online, doing magical things. Kim, you're a beast. I had so much fun with you tonight, man. It really, um, it, it, I, Honestly, I never exactly know what to expect whenever I go into these, but I find that every conversation I'm having is 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 I'm just enjoying more and more. And people are up to such incredible things, man. And um, I just I love what you shared. Nine word email marketing people. I'm telling you right now, I had not heard that, but that is brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. Replay at We Are Infinity X. Don't forget to follow us on We Are Infinity X YouTube. We Are Infinity X on Instagram. Follow me at David Harder underscore Epic. And uh, Kim, listen, again, it's been an honor and a privilege to share the stage with you tonight, man. And um, I love what you shared for the audience, for the good folks out there that have uh, tuned into Infinity X and can't thank you enough, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Have a wonderful, be safe out there. And uh, folks, we'll see you next week for another edition of Infinity X. Kim, be safe, brother. Thanks, you too. Cheers. Thanks, cheers. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.